Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 255, covering The Thaw and Tuvix, with Terry Drozdak. Hi, friends. As promised, we have a brand new recurring guest here. Her name is Tidro. I don't care what Dave just said. Her name is Tidro. Hello, Terrence. Hi, guys. How's it going? It's going okay. You are you are a noted Voyager enthusiast, a noted Harry Kim enthusiast. You Very are basically noted a, Harry Kim enthusiast. Everything we are against, you are for, and mm-hmm. so you're you're a, you're a, you know, and so a different we've, voice. We've brought you on to fight you. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, thanks. I Am guess. Am I misrepresenting you in any way? I, I certainly. Don't I don't know do if that. I'm noted as a Voyager fan, but I am a noted Harry Kim fan. So I will okay. do. Early in our run, when we badmouth Voyager a lot, you often spoke up and said Voyager was a good show. Why are you badmouthing it? Just because two guys on Twitter know that doesn't mean I'm noted. Uh, we noted you as that. Yes. <laughs> We're noting we have, you down in our copy books right now. Yes, I, we have extensive did, notes. Yes, I did watch a lot of this when it was first run. So. And you liked it? I enjoyed the show. Okay. I will say so far I'm enjoying it more than I expected to. Mm. Yay. I'm so glad you like Janeway. Makes me very happy. She is kind of awesome. So she is. Yeah. But uh, kind of really awesome. You're never gonna sell me on Harry Kim, I'm sorry. <laughs> Matt, I don't know if you if you are still like swayable on this issue. Uh he's gonna at this point he's gonna have to work really hard to get over the mess. He he's not gonna do that. Telephone. Yeah. Gav ruined him. Yep. Well, no, Gav adequately, accurately pointed out a, <laughs> uh, a a thing that we all agreed with. Mm-hmm. He and, just put a fa- he just put a face on our hatred. And your uh, your only uh, argument appears to be he's got nice hair. I think he does his job well, and he does his job even though it's not really his job. Okay, there's been a lot of talk in various fan circles, more Star Wars than anything, about Mary Sue's. <laughs> I think he's a Mary Sue because he's a brand new baby ensign who's great at everything. Mm. Is he great at everything? Well, they certainly give him every job. They do give him every job. That I don't understand. Yeah. It just, he feels more Mary Sue-ish than basically anybody else. He's, mm. you know. He's Mr. Fan Service? A bit, yeah. Except as a fan, I don't feel serviced in any way. No, I would rather be serviced by someone else. Yes. That's happy okay. Pete, You'll have maybe. that later. Yes. yes. I want Happy Pete to service me. Yeah. Well, service is selling. Mm. And anyway, selling is service. So, Speaking of completely disagreeing with Tidro, mm-hmm. the very first episode you're here for is one that we will like very much disagree with you on. So this will be a lot of fun. For you. <laughs> for, well, I, I just... I, I don't want you to back down. You like this episode. I want you to defend this episode and we will not yell at you. I, I feel like you you were trying to see if I would I would change my 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 mind by yelling at me before, um, and I did not change my mind. So I'm set. I'm good. Good. All right. That was you. You passed boot camp. Yep. <laughs> so that's good. It's all it's all uphill from here. Wait, uphill's bad. Yeah, uphill is bad. Uh, it's all flat from here. Anyway, let me tell you about the thaw. This is, as far as I can tell, the first episode in all of Star Trek to use the word poop 
And boy, is that ever appropriate. On its never-ending quest to do anything but go home, the ship stops at a planet where people are apparently in cryo-sleepy stasis. Apparently they left a wake-up call for, oh, three years ago, 30, but the front desk just ignore that, like they ignore the constant complaints about all that noise in the next room. This has been roughly 50% of the time I stay in a hotel, a short play by me, Ron Algarwatt. Anyway, Janeway decides that these people need to be wokened uh, up, awake, waked. I hate the past tense of that expression. Anyway, this is one of those weeks where the prime directive isn't really a thing we care about. So let's get in there and wake those people up. By which I mean go into their brains while they're collectively dreaming because, oh boy, this is one of those episodes. All right, let's send in the dream team which was a reference to the movie featuring Christopher Lloyd and Michael Keaton, and also a reference to the fact that we're entering dreams. It has nothing at all to do with sports. To handle the engineering involved in removing these three aliens from whatever simulated technology nightmare this thing is happening, we have our chief engineer, Belana Bell Torres, which makes sense. A machine is breaking, so send our fixer. Solid choice. And then for some reason, we also have Harold Harry Harold Kim, because reasons? They doppel themselves into the cinema, and oh boy, it's a creepy circus, because this stale fucking cliche hasn't been driven completely into the ground yet. Circuses are scary, and clowns, clowns are also scary. All you need now is a little girl singing la 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 la, scary! So I guess these people created their own magic dreamscape to sleep through some boring thing on their planet and whoever built the thing saw Forbidden Planet because now there are monsters from the id. Only those monsters are, well, I said, circus folk. Still not scary. The next 17 or 18 acts are basically just Harold versus a clown, which makes me wish I could build my own magic dreamscape to sleep through this. Unsurprisingly, Harold is not up to this task, or any task really, so the captain sends in more useful crew members, and by more useful than Harry, I pretty much mean anyone but Neelix. She finally resolves the terrifying clown nightmare by sending in a copy of herself to outfox the thing, which doesn't exactly make sense, but it once again proves that Janeway can be a bit of a badass even when everything around her is stupid and terrible. Which, let's be completely clear, this episode very much was. Now, defend that. (laughs) I thought they were trying to do something different and artistic and to sort of... It feels very original series to me in terms of the sets and the... Yeah, I could see that, yeah. There were bright colors. That's where the the, uh, familiarity is. Well, I can definitely see them thinking they were doing something new and original and creepy and failing. But the thing is, it's going into people's minds... And it's a holodeck episode gone wrong. It's mm-hmm. a combination of two things they do all the time on this show. Yep. It's like, no, no, we'll we'll do this different. We'll really, we'll, we'll blow their minds. I mean, it wasn't Braga, so we can't, no. you know. We'll blow their minds. I'm a different guy. <laughs> With a different voice. Is that that green clown guy from the original series? Maybe. This episode? No, no, oh, that's hello, a, friends. Oh, hello, Captain Kirk. Right, that guy. I sound like Ed Wynn. That's a deep callback. <laughs> no, okay. So what you're saying though is that you thought this had a, a different feel to it than than other episodes. I I don't necessarily agree with you, but I buy that. I think it was an interesting change of pace. Okay. Um, and Michael McKean is just delightful. So he is. I didn't mention that, yeah. but yeah, the the main guy, the main clown guy, is Michael McKean. Who, if you don't know who that is, yes, you do. Yeah. He's in literally everything. If you pull up his Wikipedia or IMDb, it's like 10 miles long. He's Lenny from Of Squiggy fame. Yeah, he was in. He was one of the main guys in Spinal Tap. He was in the famous body switch episode of uh, X-Files. 
He's, he's everything all over the place. He's but done more a bunch of voice acting. He was Lenny and of Lenny and Squiggy. I mean, I guess. How do more you know he wasn't Squiggy? I know he wasn't Squiggy. I know who Squiggy is. Okay. See, I don't. I feel like Matt is way too young to have paid this much attention to Laverne and Shirley. I watched a lot of Laverne and Shirley. That's weird because, like, Deidre and I grew up in the 70s and I barely remember anything about it. I had a severe crush on Penny Marshall. Oh, my God. I mean, I did too, but that's because tight sweaters and big boobs. It wasn't really because I yeah. thought she was particularly attractive. It's because I was 11 and, <laughs> oh, look, tight sweaters and big boobs. Learned a lot about Matt in the last few episodes of this show. That's true. Between this and my dead journal account. Oh, yeah. Which is still out there in, in the Internet Archive. Yep. Just so we're clear. You can anyway. find it. It's not impossible. No, it's not. What is impossible for me was finding a good thing for this episode. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. This is one of those I really seriously just like, I, I don't, there's nothing. There's, it's, it's, let's go into this stupid premise and then do a bunch of madness and then come back out. And yep. Tidro saw this before me and got to the document first and she called the only good thing, which was Michael McKean. Michael McKean does kick a lot of ass in this. Like he really sort of nails the sort of um, manic. This is, this is Tidro's good thing. Let's, let's let her yeah. uh, give this speech. Yeah, he, he got to do um, a lot of that sort of fun, evil character, which is that character that seems really fun, but can turn on a dime and kill you. Mm-hmm. And, it, and he does a really good job of it. No, I I had a note that I think he would make a great cue. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like that, uh, that unstable character where it's like, okay, I think I know where this is going. And then suddenly he's like, and I'm going to stab you in the neck for 20 minutes because why not? Yep. It's very uh, jokery. But he doesn't actually stab anybody in the neck. He just makes them fake die in the hologram so they real die in the show. Mm -hmm. Because if you die in the dream, you die in real life. I learned that from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. That is a true fact. Mm -hmm. If there's one thing I want in Voyager, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That actually is something I want in Nightmare on Elm Street. No, because I'm not even saying Nightmare on Elm Street is bad. I'm saying Nightmare on Elm Street is its own thing. It doesn't really belong in... You know. It's much scarier than this episode. Listen, yeah. Freddy never got to go into space. Jason got to go to space. That well, seems went, like a bad thing. Nobody went into space here either. They went into people's dreams. By they were around space though. Although I guess technically everyone is. Yeah. I mean, I was I was happy that they found cryotubes and they weren't full of someone from Earth. Yep. That was, a, that was I mean, that is usually what you expect from a cryotube. Yeah, it's usually what happens mm-hmm. instead oh. we get lazy forehead makeup well I mean, it was but it wasn't as bad as forehead makeup we've had the forehead makeup from last week yeah. well, the thing but, is you you don't really interact with these characters enough to care about their lazy forehead makeup well no they're it's they're almost an afterthought like we just need some people around to do the episode like for the episode to work right like the, none of them matter there's yeah, like we, old man. I wish, I wish we'd gotten to know them a little because I didn't really care if they lived or died. No, I felt a little bad when the old man died. Did you? Yes. Because it was one step closer to Harry dying. Probably. It's one step away from. I Harry actually dying? couldn't believe they actually killed him. I was expecting them to like pull him out and revive him or something. Mm. No, I that's why surprised. you introduce other characters you've never heard of because we could just kill them if we want. It doesn't yeah. matter. That's why two weeks ago, or last week, I guess, I thought it was cool that they actually killed Ensign Wildman's, excuse me, Matt. Wildman! Billy Bill! 
her baby because I actually thought they were going to do something with consequences for that affects someone we've seen before. But mm-hmm. no. But then no, they I, didn't. No, I mean, they, they did didn't. really kill a baby. You know, they got yeah, that. But then they just got another baby. So yeah, it spare matter. baby, spare, spare Harry. Yeah. Sperry, as you said last week. Yeah. (laughs) Proper credit where it's due. That's right. Anyway, getting back to Michael McKean. Michael McKean was great. Yes. Pretty much the only thing. No, no, Um, we spend most of the episode with him, and I'm kind of okay with that, you know? Like, if he's around, at least I have that to enjoy. I I guess. I just didn't, like, I didn't care about what happened. I didn't, like, it was the same crap we've seen over and over again, Mm -hmm. and it was trying to be scary, but mostly just playing stupid circus music and showing a lot of people being loud and obnoxious. Well, I mean, that's my bad thing. Like, this is, once again, Trek trying to do scary horror and just whizzing it down their legs. Like, Michael McKean's the only good thing about this. The rest of the Red Triangle Circus gang is terrible. Mm. Well, now, do you think he was scary, or do you just liked him because of his charisma and his I don't think he was that scary. Um, I just like the like I like that manic energy he's got going for him. I didn't think you I didn't ever think he was scary. Here's okay. the thing. I didn't even recognize that this episode was trying to be horror. Mm. I just thought more of a thriller sort of thing. Really? With the circus different. music? That's just like the, the dead giveaway to me. Oh, that circus I, music was so bad. Yeah, it was. It, that's it was not so, but like I said, because it was not doing that well, it didn't even read as horror. Mm. It read as more of a thriller sort of thing. Which is okay. which is different. Yeah, Sorry, is. I'm just picturing all those clowns dancing to thriller now. I'm <laughs> kind of into that. Except Michael well, McKean is Michael Jackson. Cir- yeah. They were real Cirque du Soleil performers, so I'm sure they could have. Well, they waved fan, uh, fans and uh, ribbons around very well. Uh-huh. Those that, those ribbon dancers were excellent. Sure. I, I mean, they were certainly the best ribbon dancers I've ever seen. Certainly the best ribbon dancers that have ever been in Star Trek. That is also tr- probably true. Here's here's the thing that they had and completely wasted. Mm. Uh, Carol Stroiken, the guy who played the giant on Twin Peaks and Mr. Hom and Lurch in the Adams Family movies. Oh, was he the big monster guy? He sure was, and he was under a mask the whole time. I kind of like that mask, stinks. actually. I did, yeah, too, I but I was expecting him to take it off at some point. Yeah. I mm-hmm. saw him in the guest credits. I'm like, oh, I like that guy. Cool. Yep. And I heard his voice because it sounds like the voice they used for the giant, and it's probably his voice. Yeah, it's like, you rang. I think they dubbed, I could be wrong, but I think they dubbed a different voice for Lurch. Mm. I did I, not I'm know not, that. I'm not sure. I know on the show. I'm, well, I No, no, I don't know. Never mind. Same Never mind. for our Adams Family podcast, Al. Yeah, of course. The Adams Family Horror? The post Adams Atomic Horror. Ah, that, that's much better. Right? Uh-huh. No, I just, like, God, I felt I'm like that was... naming things. I felt like that was a bit of a waste. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I mean, you could have gotten any tall guy or, you yeah, know, put... Put somebody on stilts. Yeah, exactly. And that guy's very distinctive. He's got a really cool look to him. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I like him, and, you know... Wasn't he already in Trek, though? Yeah, he was Mr. Hom. He was yeah. um, uh, yeah. Luxana's like yeah. personal. Yeah, so assistant. maybe they didn't want to show you his face because of that. That's fair, but I mean, Trex that used, doesn't stop them before. Yeah, Trex you use people more than once, plenty of times. Tuvok's been a lot of different guys, mm-hmm. and he's basically just not got the uh, pointed ears. Otherwise, he's just Tuvok. Yep. But, but okay. So Tedro, you liked this episode, but it, you didn't think it was like you, you didn't think it was trying to be scary, so it didn't fail for you because. You didn't expect it to be scary. Correct. That is mm. that is why. I so you think. think it was just I, supposed to be goofy? I thought it was like a fantasy. It's a fantasy episode. Uh, okay. I, I know you, you, you. Fantasy doesn't really work well in Star Trek, but I thought it worked okay. I disagree. Actually, like I, that's a thing I used to think, but 
I, there's a lot of episodes where I actually like it. Mm. It's just this mm. felt like this felt like um, what do you call it? Uh, Elamarine count to four. Yes, I I did put that in my notes too. Yep. Ah. Because it definitely felt like that. Like, did you like that episode? No, but it was even stupider. So okay, that is what's true. The difference. Um, I think because we focus so much on the main um, antagonist. Okay, so in that episode, I don't even remember who the antagonist was. You're probably yeah. He wasn't like in the game, mm-hmm. right? He was right. the guy no, playing the game. Also, like we had to watch our in that episode, we had to watch our guys act stupid. In this episode, at least, we never got to see that. Except well, Harry we saw Gunter. Harry act stupid. Man. Yeah, well, we saw Harry Harry act poorly. I this- I think he was the same as he usually is. Yeah, I didn't notice anything particularly terrible about him. I this disagree. Week. It's just usually he's just saying, "Captain, I there's a thing on the sensors." Uh, 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 Captain, there's a thing right. on the sensors. Thank you. But he um he just like when he has to react to things emotionally, he's mm. just like it just shows me how bad uh, the the actor is. Just not very good. I only thought he was bad during the scene where he had the old man makeup on. And that's the only part they were I kind of like, him to act old and he didn't know what that meant, I guess. So jitter, I guess. I, I didn't mind that, actually. I thought it was pretty good makeup. I did think the, the, uh, is good. The, the little person spoon feeding him medicine was deeply unsettling. Yeah, but you got a thing with old people anyway. I do got a thing with old people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. So old. No, it it just and and then Tidro, the other thing they turned him into, you liked. Oh my God, he they turned him into a tiny adorable baby in a tiny adorable uniform. It was the cutest thing ever. And the thing is, you're not really a baby person any more than any of the rest of us are. But no, I just like tiny versions of things. <laughs> okay. So fair. if they shrunk Harry, yeah. Oh my God, chibi Harry. <laughs> if they did like a uh, uh, honey, honey, I shrunk the Kim. <laughs> I I fail to see how this wasn't an episode, right? Well, because DS Nine called yeah, dibs did, on the DS9 shrinky. DS Nine did do the shrinky episode. Yeah, okay. like if Voyager had called dibs first, they were both running at the same time, and DS Nine just got there first. Nobody gotcha. did an Attack of the Fifty Foot episode though. They could do that with Neelix. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean they did in the animated series. They did. Uh, oh, that's right, giant, giant uh, Spock, giant Spock, written by Walter. Mm-hmm. Walter has written an episode. <laughs> <laughs> If there was any doubt that you could keep up with us, that doubt is gone now. Yep. <laughs> that was a deep callback. Well done. Your, your, your paw ward is in the mail. Yes. Your best uh, cup. She I don't think Matt's going to give Matt. me his cup. No, no. He won best cup a few years ago. Yeah. You win it this year. Yeah. Okay. It's and fair. It's, it's only January. So, I mean, that rules people out for the rest of the year. I got the inaugural best cup. That is true. You were the first cup winner. Yes, cup. <laughs> Move ball. <laughs> <laughs> I did seriously have a real problem finding a good thing. Like, seriously, like I, and this isn't me exaggerating how bad I thought no, that's, it was. That's I, understandable. This I one was kind of rough. didn't like it at all. It didn't appeal to me in any way. And the best thing I could come up with was they mentioned Galorndon Core. Galorndon Core. Which is, it's, we've pointed this out before, a fun voice to say in our terrible Noonie and Soong voice. Yes. A fun thing to say in that. But also, it is where uh, Jordy and the, and Centurion Bakro, which is one of those things I just always remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're stranded. That that Romulan. We're yep. stranded. Where they learned it, where we learned that Jordy can befriend anyone. Yep. Um, Even a box of paint. That's about it. Like good thing wise, I seriously like without with Tidra having called dibs on the one genuine good thing. Mm-hmm. Did you not like the moment when the doctor showed up? 
I thought that was really cool. That was good, but I feel like I, and if I haven't officially said this, it's kind of an unofficial thing. Janeway being a badass and the doctor being cool are kind of two things we use every week, and I'm trying not to use those every time because both those things happened. I do like the doctor's reveal, though, um, because they're in the middle. They're about to kill Harry, basically. Yep. And... The dude, the the clown guy is about to stab him with a scalpel and apparently like perform surgery on him, mm-hmm. and just suddenly the doctor's hand appears, grabs his arm, and goes, "You're holding that wrong." Yep, that is pretty great. It's a no, good this- moment. It's very Bones moment too. Yeah, like uh, what was it that right. episode where he's le- where the guy's threatening him with a scalpel and he's like, "If you're, you're going d- for my carotid artery, you it'll need be to go fa- it'll be faster if you drive it into the carotid artery there." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really like that. Yeah. I think that was Space Seed because I think it was one of Khan's guys, if not Khan himself. Yeah, yeah. I like that. No, I, I do. I mean, the doctor had a good moment. And my thought when initially was, why are they sending Harry in? Why are they not sending the doctor? Harry's got to go That's on a special adventure. probably why it didn't. Yeah, that probably is why it didn't have a, such an impact on you is because you already thought of it. Mm. I, maybe. But like I said, I no, I was going to write that down. I was like, no, I always use the doctor. It's like early on when we said we can't make Wesley our bad thing every week and we can't make Patrick Stewart's acting our good thing yeah. every week. Like there's certain things we use every single time because Janeway's got some badass stuff here that was good, too. But I can't mm-hmm. use that either. We always use that. Yeah. Like Another thing I liked about this episode was they there were a couple of scenes where they didn't over explain things when they were making a plan instead of doing the thing where they make the plan and then show you show them doing the plan. They just said, oh, I have an idea. And then they did it. Mm-hmm. Right. Which no, I, I like a lot. That's a Brennan Braga thing where you explain it for 10 acts and yeah. like, just fucking get on with it. Even if it's a stupid thing, let's just, I mean, in the next episode, especially we'll see this where it's a profoundly stupid concept that they do cool stuff with. And mm-hmm. the less they explain it, the better it works. Cause just show like, just get on with it, you know? And that's what I like about the next episode was I gotta uh, make sure they all know what's happening because uh, they're all fucking stupid. Also, I'm going to blow their mind. No one's as smart as me, Brandon. I will say, though, and this is about the next episode. There was a cute moment in uh, Memory Alpha about uh, Tuvix. They were talking about uh, it could have turned into like a 60s sitcom and they had to try real hard not to. And the the writer of the episode said, yeah, me and Brandon came up with like a whole theme song for it and everything. (laughs) That actually humanized him for a split second. Like, oh, that's kind of funny. Tuvix, it's Tuvix. He's Neelix and Tuva. And, and Always we'll get getting in trouble. And his friend, the butler. Because <laughs> there's got to be a butler. Yeah. Of course. But we're not talking about that one yet. We're talking about this one. Um, Teacher, what was your bad thing? My bad thing was... Um, the solution to the problem was purely technological. And they gave Kate an entire huge philosophical treatise on fear to say, oh, which had nothing was, to do with anything. That was rough. I don't like that they they just they decide to make the the villain in this just the concept of fear. Well, it's like I said in my summary. It is. It is. I don't know that it's a ripoff because the, probably they didn't make this up. But uh, Forbidden Planet, essentially, the idea is that there is advanced alien technology that generates things from your thoughts. And then a whole ship full of young military guys, like young horny sailors shows up and like monsters from the id start appearing. Oh, that's a cool concept. It is. A, it's a really neat idea. And I'll watch that's that movie. I, you should. It's great anyway. Mm. Plus, you get young, serious Leslie Nielsen, which is a little jarring at first. but And Robbie great. the Robot. And Robbie the Robot. No, I think the third I most getting, famous robot. 
Yep. I think I keep getting this f- confused with Phantom Planet. Yeah, <laughs> very different. <laughs> you know, Captain. Oh, when, when I day. I th- yeah. Oh God, I love Phantom Planet so much. Yeah, the, but it's the dude in it is so desperately trying to be Charlton Heston. <laughs> yep. I actually was just watching that one yesterday. Strangely enough, <laughs> I've been rewatching the sci-fi era of uh, of uh, MSD, and I'm just happened to be there. So. You know, Captain, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, Forbidden Planet is fantastic. You can actually see a lot of. Uh, uh, we talked about this way, way, way back. You mm. can see a lot of the cage borrowing from that. Like the, it directly led to Star Trek. There's a lot of stuff in there where you see 50 sci-fi turning into this and then turning into Star Trek. Oh, it's kind of cool. like the middle step. It's it's pretty cool. But that that's, again, I don't think they necessarily ripped it off, but mm. the idea that something is drawing from your mind and there's stuff going on in your mind that you don't know about and so it creates bad stuff, like, yeah. that was also in that movie, which was done a lot better, is all I'm saying. But yeah, Tidro, you're saying like the, the, they go on and on about fear. Yeah, it's not, not fear. It's an AI. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it was created by their fear. Yes, but it's he's still an AI. He's he's Armus. He's the skin of evil, but oh, for God. fear. Hey, that's, what, that's what Armus I'm a, was. Now he's, I'm a scary clown. That he was generated <laughs> by the fear of the people on that planet. Like that's where Armus came from, or the the hate rather, or the evil, whatever. Okay. Like that's that what Armus was supposed to be. So like this guy's just Armus 2.0, the clown. <laughs> Armist the wow. Clown. Hey guys, I'm Armist the Clown. Pedro, you got an Armist voice? I know, but I can't, and I want to Photoshop it like so bad right now. No, 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 no. You got to do the voice. We're on a we're on an audio show. Yeah. Hey guys. Hey. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. Oh shit. Yep. <sighs> uh. Anything else? Like I, I feel like I, I definitely don't want to take away from if you did enjoy this episode I want to hear if you have any more to I think say we in its covered, defense I think we covered most of my notes except one of my notes says Harry Kim's sexy sexy clarinet and Al says oh god a band geek I think that sums up our uh, yeah. our, our, our disagreement there it's Clara's <laughs> sex so do you think you, you genuinely think not just because it's him but someone playing the clarinet is sexy Someone with a proficiency in any instrument is sexy. Okay. Even the kazoo? If you're really good at kazoo, I will probably think that's sexy. Okay. No, I get that. That's I respect a, that's a the solid crap argument. out of that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I totally, <laughs> that's a valid viewpoint, and yeah, I yep. get it. I so, still yeah. don't uh, think uh, Garrett Wong is a good actor, but that's, you know, we're not going <laughs> to, we're going to have to agree to disagree with you on that one. I think so. I think he's, you know, I think he's adequate, at least adequate. In <laughs> yes, these are, he's adequate. At least adequate. <laughs> he's better than Robert Beltran. Well, he has slightly, uh, he has more of a personality. I mean, it's a sort of nerdy, uh, it's, they give him this sort of nerdy, um, unconf- not confident character, but then they make him be good at everything, which doesn't really make sense. That's the thing. If he was kind of a fuck up, only not as cartoony as Barkley, mm. mm-hmm. that would be all right. Yeah, but he's not. No. He's just great at everything, and that's you know. But he doesn't. He doesn't have any confidence in himself at all. Mm. At this point, you would think he would go. Well, at least I'm good at my job. Right. Well, nope. just nothing. Well, at least I got my best friend Tom Paris. 
You sure uh, do, Harry. And I'll never leave your side, no matter how much you beg me. There's something funny to me, and I don't know what it is, but there's something funny to me about Tom Paris being kind of a dummy. And this is deliberate, I think. Mm-hmm. Sitting there listening to Harry, because initially it was Harry warming up and playing like three blind mice or something. Yep. And Tom is just enraptured by, by him playing scales. Like, now he's playing something a little more elaborate. He's getting, like, he's up to doing Mozart or something now. But for the first little while, he, he was rusty and he had to get back into it. And Tom's just, like, music. Wow. I could go to the holodeck and literally listen to any music ever recorded that we have a record of. But I'm going to sit here and listen to you play Three Blind Mice. Yep. Wow, my he's friend is to all making that. it. Well, they lost their connection to Netflix ages ago. No, come on. If they have his stupid bar in there, they've definitely got like, and Janeway's hollow novel. And they deleted so much stuff. Like Paris just went in and deleted so much crap that was in the holodex just so he could have his stupid bar as accurate as possible. <laughs> or as Amanda pointed out, oh, like in the next episode, oh, we got to hang out in uh, Tom Paris's Jackoff parlor. I said, no, no, no. It's France. It's his Jacoff parlor. I'm glad you got that. <laughs> So proud of that. Mm -hmm. So bad. bad. That's the other thing. You got to make terrible puns. Mm -hmm. Like you've, you've been inaugurated in all the other ways, but uh, I'll see what I can do. You got to come up with a terrible pun at some point. You got a quote for us though. Wait, no, this is my episode. I got also, I didn't do my good thing yet. Oh, so you did. Didn't you? I thought you did. Nope. Fair enough. Do your good thing. <laughs> the scene where Neelix, to where, uh, how do we defeat fear? And Neelix goes, well, we could make it laugh. I'd find the joy uh, defeats fear. And then I'll give him a look. And him and Cass are ju- just both just sort of go, oh, my suggestion was not a good one. Oh, no, my suggestion. <laughs> okay, seriously, though, and this isn't the usual Neelix bashing. This is a legitimate question. Why is Neelix in that meeting? I don't know. I don't know why Neelix is ever in any meeting. Do they have open door meeting policies and just Harry and Neelix always wander in? I guess. And Kess is there too. Why is Yeah, I don't get why Kess is there. Yeah, but Kess at least is intelligent and useful. And Kess at least can represent uh, the the medical department because the doctor can't be there. Mm -hmm. Although he is live from his closed circuit TV. That's true. I do like now that he has the ability to just chime in like every now and then they'll just suddenly cut over to the screen. I've been here the whole time and now I have an opinion. (laughs) Let me tell you what I think. I'm a great character. Yep. He is a great character. I know. I'm being sincere. Anyway, my quote is uh, that what I said before that a character says poop because (laughs) the the character says poop. Poop. Don't be a poop. So there's that. Al, I noticed you don't have a time code in here. Would you make sure to put one in? Nope. <laughs> I'll fix it in post. <laughs> let let that guy worry about it. <laughs> oh, that guy. Just just fuck that guy. I'm not going to give him anything he wants. How about that? <laughs> of course, I'll put a time code in there. What's wrong with you? <laughs> um. So, oh, yeah, that, that line, by the way, delivered by a very unsettling little person who was dressed a little more sexily than maybe she should have been. Just, uh, just saying. Yeah. Little, she was disturbing, and it's not—it's not that she's a little person. It's just like she was in the a sexy circus person, sexy clown, sexy mime, like that whole vibe. Yeah, that, There's a lot more to do with that than the fact that she was a little person. She seemed more sexualized of, uh, than the rest of the characters. Yeah, yeah that's definitely. a lot of high octane nightmare fuel. Just, that doesn't give me nightmares. I just think it's unpleasant. It's creepy. Yeah, yeah. It's All not right. creepy for me. It's creepy for her. I feel bad for her. 
Here, this mm. is what you have to wear. I mean, she's getting work, which mm. any actor is happy to get. Mm. Yeah. But I, then I they guess. then they give her the outfit and she's like, oh, not again. Yeah. That's what happens when you're the D cup little person. Got to <laughs> do this every time. Ugh. All right. Pushing forward now to an episode I was sure I was going to hate and did not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt, your favorite episode you've been looking forward to for months and months. The 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 episode, uh, like if you tell say Voyager, I think of this episode. So yeah, well, this is one of those you know like local uh, uh, syndication affiliates, just random, and we all have this in every market ever. Mm-hmm. Like choose to show a handful of the same episodes over and over again, and it's always different in every market. And yours was this one apparently. Yep. I was very surprised no one had nabbed this. It's, Honestly, it's very, if no if no one else had, I would have taken it because of the this because of this my yeah, history, your with familiarity it. with. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, Tuvix, Tidro, take it away. Okay. Janeway sends Tuvok and Neelix on a mission to pick flowers. Shockingly, there is a transporter malfunction, and now instead of some orchids, a Vulcan, and a Talaxian, we have Tuvix. Janeway immediately sends another team down to get some more flowers because she really likes mashups, I guess. Anyway, Tuvix has the intelligence of Tuvok, the warmth of Neelix, and the soulful brown eyes of a puppy, but Kess is having none of it. Eventually, he wins her over by inviting her to dinner, where he proves to be a better cook than Neelix, probably because he uses slightly less hair in his dishes. (laughs) The next day, he wakes up at 4 a.m. to prove he's better at Tuvok's job as well. The doctor tells everyone that the symbiogenesis process may be irreversible, and everyone mourns their two lost crewmen, which is the perfect time for Tuvix to confess his love to Kess. Kess goes to Mama Kate for advice. Two weeks pass, and everyone loves Tuvix now except for Kess. The doctor interrupts Harry Kim's sweet, sweet clarinet practice to run a solution past him. Now they can separate Tuvix, but should they? The answer is apparently yes, since two lives are more than one. Despite Tuvix's passionate assertions that if they separate him, it is murder. Eventually, he is escorted to sickbay where the doctor refuses to do the procedure on the grounds that, as a doctor, he should do no harm. So Kate executes the procedure and Tuvix by herself. She greets her missing comrades and leaves sickbay utterly stricken. The end. Nicely done. Yep. I'm I'm more impressed than anything that Matt and I would stumble once or twice over symbiogenesis before we got it, and yep. you just nailed it in one take. Good good job. Very <laughs> impressed. Yeah, we're gonna give you all the multi-syllable words from now on. Yep. Oh, I didn't get to say norepinephrine before. Oh right, that uh, was no- the one I was just trying to remember. <laughs> Nora Ephron. <laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> the painter of light. Yeah, the screenwriter and uh, uh, mother of what's his name. Tom Zach Harris? Efron. No, Zach Efron. Oh. The uh the teen heartthrob who's probably in his 30s now. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I really like oh god, Neelix and Tuvok combined in a trans this is going to be terrible. This is such a ridiculous concept and it works so perfectly. Like yes. I feel like they started with the idea of let's combine Tuvok and Neelix into one person and then they go, "Oh, another ridiculous Star Trek uh concept." That you know, that goes back to the original series when we turn Kirk yeah, into two people. Kirk into two is just the opposite of that. And then it's like, "Okay, but let's treat it like a real thing and we'll make him into like a genuine likable character with it like like with his own personality. Well, I pictured I pictured two things happening: either what you just said, where it's wacky, mm-hmm. or 
where they took it way too far and made Tuvix a monster who's just suffering horribly and we got to put him out of his misery. See, that's what, when I was watching this with Mal last night, that was what she was expecting. She was expecting him to be, like, evil. Well, that, yeah, that's one of the two very predictable things, so that's a totally Steal a Steal a shuttlecraft, and it's not at all. It's actually no. a very quiet episode. No, and they and do a really... And he's not conflicted at all. Like, no. He's, he's, he he's wants fine. to live. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what makes it tragic at the end is because we've gotten to like him in the last 45 minutes mm-hmm. and there's a horrible scene on the bridge where he's begging everyone not to murder him. It's such a good scene. I love that scene so much. Yeah, me too. Just like... I- just I cried. Uh, uh, Paris, oh, we're, we're, we're friends, right? You wouldn't do And Paris is just like. They're all like turning their backs or yeah. like yeah, looking, everybody's looking at their feet. Or, yeah. Chakotay denies Chakotay, it times. Yeah. For 30 pieces of, uh, for 30 pelts, huh, Chakotay? For 30 pieces of latinum. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's much less racist than what I just said. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, well, this show like set the tone, okay? Ugh. Hakuchi Moya. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. No, I, I liked it a lot. And yeah. what I liked the most is that it's, yeah, let's do some crazy Star Trek shit and then spend the next hour, like, reflecting on how this affects people. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. I Seriously. Like, I just, there, there's all these scenes of him just bonding with the crew. That, that scene where he comes into uh, the mess hall. And everyone's sort of screwing around trying to get, like, food cooked. Oh, yeah, he's like, so this is what happens when Neelix is gone. Jesus. Yeah, it just moves. Neelix is useful. He is. I mean, he's, he's got a useful job. He's a horrible person. Yeah. <laughs> I've never denied that he does a useful job. Everybody needs a cook. Yeah. Well, I mean, this crew does, yeah. Certainly. Not, not everyone. No, everybody needs a cook. Like, back on Starfleet, like, you know, in, in normal Starfleet space, you just use replicators because who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, no, we've talked about this a lot. The the limited resources thing and the cook being a cool idea and all that. Mm-hmm. Stuff. I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. No, but I just I love how likable they make tu- yeah. they make Tuvix. The easy way out would be to just make him the villain. You know, and it's like, well, we gotta we gotta or, get uh, Tuvok and Neelix back. Or the tragic monster. Yeah. Like I seriously thought there was this. This goes way way back, and neither of you will know this, but it's, it's some people listening might in in Transformers they did a in the comics. They did a thing where there's a transporting device, the space bridge, and and these two characters meld into one. And it's just about them, like the horror of them being joined. You know, it's like the fly. Yeah, which is I, my go-to for, you know. Yeah, but if it's two conscious things, that's way worse. Mm-hmm. Like two sentient life forms that have to sort of co-mingle, that's far worse. Oh, fuck, I'm going to watch the fly again. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is, like I said, it could have gone like that. Or it could have gone wacky, and mm. thankfully they didn't do either. No, they so. God, it's such a good episode. Yeah, Tidra, do you agree? I I like this episode very much. Very cool. Yes, and I, love, I like um, his, I like his uniform. I the I like thing the way is, it looked. I I agree, but my bad thing because I had a hard time finding one. It didn't make sense to me that the transporter. Okay, they they came up with some bullshit explanation for why their DNA got commingled. Fine, mm. fine, whatever. But their uniforms were perfectly combined into a perfectly tailored, like, exact copy of both uniforms combined. That, Like, what? That doesn't... What? See, and the thing is, like, they actually talk about how it combined the, um, all the biological things. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, what? So you're saying their uniforms are alive? Are they made of bones? Like, what? Yeah, that's... I mean, I like the way it looked. Like I say, I agree with you on that, Tidro, but I just don't... I don't get why Maybe he wasn't the orchids in. were sentient too and fashion designers. 
sentient fashion designer orchids. There's an episode I want to watch. I think we did. <laughs> I also they never they never mentioned this, but it's actually it's not just uh, it's not Tuvix. It should be Tuvorkids. Because oh, it's, yeah. it's Tuvok, Neelix, and some flowers. So yeah. he's he's a combination of of Tuvok and Neelix, and with a with a nice smell of orchids. Yep. Oh, I bet he smells wonderful. I'm sure. I don't know. Look at him. He <laughs> smells wonderful, and he's not getting enough sunlight. I think, I he, think he's adorable. <laughs> no, I think he is he's just the cutest thing. The thing is, the actor under all that probably is, mm-hmm. but because they had to Neelix him up, he's got gross <laughs> hair and weird spots. Oh, he's got like the, the greasiest fucking ponytail. Yeah, yeah, the hair is bad. The, the hair is bad. But it's, the, like, I mean, it's not bad as in a bad makeup job. It's bad as in not attractive. No, but Correct. it's like it's like if nose hair was just growing out of the back of his head. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. But my good thing actually was that guy, because, and I got to read this quote. Okay. This, my read on this is that this guy is being very diplomatic about this. It, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this guy's trying to be nice about a very mean sentiment. Neelix actor Ethan Phillips, this is from Memory Alpha, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neelix actor Ethan Phillips was originally considered for the role of Tuvix. Director Cliff Bowl was pleased, however, that this casting idea was ultimately not given the go-ahead. It was better to get a little different take on the character, he said. Ethan is so identifiable. He might have had a problem trying to give Tuvix the elements of Tuvok's character. <laughs> I really like that they didn't pick no, either too. of them to play because it wouldn't work, you know? No, like, Tim Russ is great and I can't picture him no, doing it either. Because it's like it, by getting a, a third guy, you don't – neither of the two characters sort of is the – like sort of takes over the character – no, then you're not wondering, okay, well, this guy usually plays Neelix. What things is he doing? It's like Tuvok. Instead, mm-hmm. this guy's a nice sort of melding of both of them, and you can totally see it. I got, and you guys agreed with me, kind of a cat from Red Dwarf. De- from definitely. This guy. Yes, yeah, absolutely. He was and very dapper. I'm a little toned down, but but still yeah. like a little lower energy. Yeah. But it like was if, nice. if the cat was a character on Star Trek, like the same right. concept, but they just put him in Star Trek. Right. But I, I just, I like... I liked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sold, he made him really likable. And it's really hard. We've said this many times in this format for 47 minutes or whatever it is to get to know a character well enough to care what happens to him. But he's one of the, it, it usually depends on the actor ultimately. Yep. And they, they nail it. Yeah, they absolutely do. We are, poor, we are just heartbroken by the end. Poor dead Tuvix. Yep. Yep. I, there's so much to like, I like that they didn't back away from the horrible, like emotional, you know, decision that Kate had to make. Yeah, I, no, that, that was last my, scene. That yeah. last scene is like my favorite in the episode. Like that's my good thing is her just making a decision and just deciding to to execute this guy. And then when the doctor isn't willing to do it, which I also really loved. Well, he's um, programmed with the with the Hippocratic oath. He's got to yeah. do it, not do it. No, I love that she's willing to pull the trigger herself. Like there's nothing yep. she would ask her crew that she wouldn't be willing to do. Yep. I really like that too. And then she walks out with this just despairing look just on her face destroyed. and then Yeah, but then squares her shoulders and walks on. Yeah. Well, this is this is one thing I've said before and I'll say again that I will give this show not I'm not I'm not going to qualify this in any way. This is straight up something this show does well. Mm. Is let's take a a basic Star Trek concept of what a Starfleet captain should do 
and really give Kate a difficult decision to make and have her have to live with whatever terrible thing she has to do. They've done it at least twice I can think of with uh, Prime Directive stuff. They did it mm-hmm. once in that with that planet that was more advanced than they were, and they did it with the uh, let's let's sell some weapons to the Kazon. Yep. Yes. And then they did it now with with uh, what is the what is the moral thing to do? And it's never an easy decision. And she's always sort of regrets it. But she makes the right call and she sticks with it. And it kind of proves what kind of a leader she is. And like the show's really good at that. Yeah. They started that from the beginning, like the pilot episode. She, I guess that's true, too. Yeah. She she made the right choice, which didn't get them home. But it was the right choice. That's a, that's a good point. I didn't think of that one. But yeah. yeah, it's kind of a running theme that she's had some really hard calls to make and she's always conflicted, but ultimately makes what is the right call and sticks with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that a lot. I like it's not just in the acting. A lot of it's in her acting, but a lot of it's in the writing, too. Like we've said this before. A lot of these characters are well defined, even in shitty episodes. Yeah. Yeah, they had I mean, they had a couple missteps with her, I think, in the first season, but I think they've pretty much got her down now. Oh, yep. yeah. No, she's still one of the best characters on the show. Yeah, and in this episode in particular, because really, Tuvok's her only friend. Like, she's friendly with other people. Yeah. She will now sit down and have a meal with Chakotay or hang out with some of the other guys. But mm-hmm. Tuvok was her friend before this all started. That's her, you know, like the friend she brought into this. Yeah, he's her rock. Right, and he's gone now. Yeah. And so this is, like, almost as hard as it is for Kess losing her boyfriend, but not mm-hmm. quite. But just well, about. and also, they don't mention it as much, but she's also got a connection to Tuvok. Right. That's true, yeah. too. It's like mm-hmm. her teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, Kess was actually my good thing. Oh, please. Because- let's, before we do that, real quick, let's back yeah. up and, and qualify this, because for a long time, you were under the impression you didn't like Kess. I still don't. I still remember hating her, and I don't know why I hated her. But rewatching along with us, her, yeah, I'm waiting for her to do whatever it is that made me hate her. She hasn't done it yet. But so, so far, I, by the end of season two, she hasn't done it yet. No, okay. I don't but hate just, her yet. But just to be clear, when we first started this, you happened. Oh God, to be I here, hated her. You happened to be here visiting when we were doing the pilot, and you, yeah. you watched it with me, and you're like, "Oh, Kess, I hate her." I'm like, "Why?" And you said, "I I don't know. I just I remember don't hating." No. I but think, just, I think, yeah, I think Nate and I are both on the yay, Harry, Kim, boo, Kess uh, mm. train. And I, I will admit I don't understand the Kim thing, but I respect it. But I don't get the Kess thing at all. And I haven't heard a good defense of it yet. Nope, I haven't. I don't, I don't, I have any, I don't have any idea. I, I just want to provide know. that background before you say this is your good thing, because it's a bit more significant that you pick this <laughs> as your good thing. And I, mm-hmm. I, I applaud you for recognizing this. Well, she did a really, really good job in this episode. She had to... She was super weirded out by this whole situation. She was very, very good at conveying just how incredibly freaky she found the whole thing. But at the same time, still doing her job. Oh, yeah. She totally still does. Like never running out of the room, bursting into tears or something. No. And she was. Go ahead. She's just. I love her willingness to just like. It's okay. This is weird. But I'm not gonna get all oh Neelix and you know I uh, well that would just, be the that would be the lazy easy way to do yeah, it would no. just be her not to be able to handle it emotionally but she totally does just like okay yeah. let's let's deal with this weirdness yep she she gets used to him and even to the point where she thinks she wants to be friends with him but she still wants her Neelix back and she mm-hmm. makes me believe her yeah. I don't know why anyone would want Neelix back. <laughs> So you're but, with us on the Neelix thing, right? I, no, I think she has some weird savior complex thing going on in there, mm. and so okay. I, I, but <laughs> I, can I fix I this mess. 
not even that. And like, I think he saved her at one point, and so she feels grateful and obligated. Uh, oh, that's okay. interesting. I've always thought, look, she's only got eight or nine years or whatever to live. Like, why waste them all with Neelix? Uh, maybe he, she just feels safe with him. I don't know. Maybe I don't get he's it. Really good in bed. Oh, There's something plus, we don't want to think about. Yes. Why are we talking about this? Why do you guys always talk about this? I was oh, no. just trying to think of reasons people stay with people, and sometimes it's because of the sex. I don't know. Oh, no, my orgasm. <laughs> my old face. <laughs> no, I wasn't oh, even... Oh, no. What? Oh, God, no, that's in my head. Oh. Okay, maybe he's just really good at cuddling. Let's. We'll take it down a notch. I bet he is an excellent cuddler. I bet he's not. I bet you're right. I bet he smells terrible. I bet he shifts around all the time, and he's got his bony elbow in her back. And just plus, like... you know, he's covered in like thick hairs. <laughs> well, some some that's you know, not, some people like to that's cuddle. Not with so people. Bad. No, I don't mean that. Like, look, I've got pretty <laughs> thick uh, body yeah. hair. I'm talking about like thick, like a toothbrush hair. Oh, I see. So it's like poking into you. Yeah, like bristles. Like yeah. pillow pad. Yeah. No, I like totally. He could, cl- he could clean a shower with his armpits. Right. He wouldn't, because he would never go near a shower. Uh, well, no, because yeah. then his natural musk might disappear. <laughs> yeah, but now he smells like orchids. <laughs> Not anymore. See? They beam the orchids out of him. Well, I guess that's... Actually, I didn't see any orchids when they saved them, so maybe yeah, the orchids have been... stu- like, stayed There should have been a little pile of flowers in the middle, yeah. <laughs> no, they would have shown up in a perfectly like arranged vase, because that's apparently how it works. No, they would have shown up in a perfectly arranged vase that was painted to look like a Starfleet uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> Which, by the way, is something I really want to see now. Well, I want to make now a Starfleet vase. Yeah. Well, you well, probably will. When you do, please take a photo of it and send it to me because I want to see it. <laughs> I'll just do send it, you the vase and you put it next to your cup. Yes. Yeah. If you do it, do it today. Otherwise, I will not remember what it's from. Well, right, oh, now, there's a, right now there's a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and a T-Pain microphone next to my cup, but uh, I think I can move them. <laughs> um, but the, the orchids, speaking of all that, that's, that's your bad thing, right, Tidro? It is my bad thing. This is a really dumb premise it yep. does not make a lick of sense if you think about it at nope. all nope and it's so. better to just not and i will give them props for they meant they they explain it once quickly and then just move on yep they said symbiogenesis way too much which makes me think of the song called parthen it's called a oh, i can't remember what the song is called but it's like one of the things in the lyrics is parthenogenesis so mm. i just had that song stuck in my head like the entire episode because they kept just, saying that word. They, at one point, they called them a fusion, and I was just like, but they didn't even dance first. <laughs> Which Matt won't get, but T-Row will. I just, like Universe, to be, I just like to be involved. You need to watch Steven uh, Universe. I've told you that a hundred I really times. need to watch Steven Universe. I know. Oh, I'm imagining Neelix in a little tutu. Yeah, doing the whole, like, uh, Pearl. Like, Showing his O-face. Dance thing. Yeah. Stop no. it. Fusion is not sex. They've said so 800 times. Yeah, okay. but it is. <laughs> it totally, <laughs> totally is, not and you sex. know it is. Don't they have those characters making out now anyway? So, like, uh, which, by yeah. the way, good for them. This is this is the thing we're talking about, actually. While they're doing the fusion thing, there is a kiss. Oh. Um, some people interpreted that as a sexual thing, and you know. Um. Anyway. No, there's a there's a the concept on that show where, and because all these characters are female, it, it adds that element to it, mm. which some people are frown upon for some stupid reason well they're but wrong. um yeah i know it um, is the best show but the the idea is that they fuse that they combine and have the best of it's very much like this episode where they take the best of both 
characters and become a new third thing. Mm. It is a new third thing. It's not like they're having conversations with themselves in their head. No. They are a whole new entity. They are completely, yeah, combined. Just like Tuvix. Like, they're very similar. I wonder if um, Rebecca Sugar watched a lot of Voyager when she was growing up. Could be. There wasn't any singing in this episode, though. So From bad. what I've seen online, she watched a lot of Invader Zim. There, there was singing in this episode. Uh, there, oh, there briefly was, was too, yes. yeah. Neelix trying to sing an old Vulcan song, and uh, Tuvok just like, please, please don't do that. Please don't sing our important cultural funeral song. Yeah, that's a that's a funeral song. Could you not maybe sing it, you terrible clown troll? <laughs> I sped it up a little bit. It's chipper now. Neelix, yeah, Neelix was trying so hard to get Tuvok to cheer up and just be happier. Cheer up, <laughs> cheer up Tuvok. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> The was, worst character, the worst song. That is a bad song. Cheer up, Charlie. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, Just what? be glad you're you. Matt, what was your bad thing? What was my bad thing? Hang on a sec. Uh, oh, uh, Tuvix would occasionally take a weird little walk into Creepy Town, especially in a couple of his scenes with Kess. And it makes him a little more villainous than he should be because, you know, we're really supposed to be making this guy as likable as we possibly can for this episode to work. I actually didn't find him that creepy. I found him, like, acting on the impulses that just felt natural to him and then realizing what he was doing and backing off, which just felt like, normal to me. Just like any of the, the – the, it's most of that scene where he's alone with Cass. Just, yeah. But he nev- there's want, never like a – there's never that creepy – I just want you to know I still care about you. I, but I don't – like – He's half of his brain says, I've been in love with this woman for three years Mm -hmm. or two years or whatever it's been. It's been a while. I I get that. And then I get him having restraint and not doing anything Mm. about it. Like, it it felt okay. Go ahead. I think it was more his timing. The the timing was creepy. The actual impulse, obviously, he would have that. But, like, he has to tell, he decides to tell her immediately after she thinks she's not getting Neelix back ever. She needs some time. She needs a little space. I think from his perspective, it's like, but you are getting him back because I'm still kind of him. You get at least half a Delix. Yeah. And some Tuvok. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Don't you have a thing for your teacher? No, not at all. My, my the, teacher I, who's 100 years old and married? No. I'm the Neapolitan <laughs> of the people you, you have crushes on. <laughs> and the vanilla is orchids. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, God damn it. I don't know why the vanilla is orchids is delighting me so much. I don't know. <laughs> I thought Jacoff Parlor was honestly my biggest. That's good too. But I I don't know. I just in general I I liked this episode a lot more than I expected to certainly, yeah. and I would actually right now put it in my top ten or maybe even five episodes of Voyager on the whole. Oh, easily, yeah. Yeah, and we didn't even mention yet the the adorable scene between um, Kess and Kate. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I forgot I was going to talk about that. That's it's a really great scene, you know. Yep. Ah, the- Kess, come in, to, come into my quarters. I was just going to drink some box wine. <laughs> well, she's—I mean, we've said this many times. She's totally a mom in a yep. lot of ways, not yep. just in a maternal way, but in a older woman who reads books with Fabio on them. Way. Yep. Yeah, she's a sexy middle-aged lady in her pink. I'm not Satin sure she's robe. all that sexy, but just get into my into my stories here. All right. I did think for a second Mrs. Roper when I saw her robe, though. So it wasn't that bad. Come it, on. No, it was not bad at all. It was not bad at all, and Sadly. it wasn't even close to that. It just for a second 
flipped that switch. <laughs> That's fair. It might be that her hair was down. No, because Audrey Lindley always had her hair like all curly. So no, curly, that's not it. Yeah. Yes. I just wanted to show off that I knew who played Mrs. Roper. <laughs> We're all very impressed. Are you? I mean, no. hey, look, you. No. we can't all know about Laverne and Shirley. Some that's of us know other shows. <laughs> eh. <laughs> so, Matt, really, this is, as as we said, the one you saw in syndication a bunch. Mm-hmm. How does yep. it stack up to your memory of it? Uh, It's way better than I remember. Is like, that because you have the context of, of the characters now? Well, first of all, this is the first time I've ever watched it the whole way through. Ah, um, not just flipping by it or whatever? Not just flipping by it and watching it for a couple of seconds or coming in late or whatever. Right. And actually, like, I saw it on TV enough that I actually thought Tuvix was a reoccurring character. Like, there was just a season of Tuvix. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved if they replaced Neelix with him and kept Tuvok. Mm-hmm. That would have been fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not so much. He's dead. He's de- and I think it would lessen the impact of that horrible ending. Yep. He's dead, and he was never baptized, so he's in hell. Yeah, yeah. It felt like a very sort of DS Nine episode to me. Yes, but that, like I said, I think they've done that before. Like I, do, I think the show's done it enough now where I don't think it just belongs to DS Nine. The idea of there's no right answer, and whatever you do is going to be horrible in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the show's pretty good at that, and uh, you know. Before we would say, well, DS9 is the only one good at that, but no, I, th- I think these guys, these guys have it too. I will tell you this: I was genuinely certain that they were going to find a way, like they would just beam Tuvix like in the transporter, and he would come out as like Tuvok and Neelix again, and, and flowers, a, and a, and flowers. Uh-huh. Um, so I was, I was shocked that they were willing to just execute him. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I mean. There, there are ways they could have copped out of it. Mm-hmm. They could have made Tuvix, like, hateable. Yep. Or a monster, or like a suffering monster. Or they could have just beamed him to a, a field where he could live in the Delta Quadrant and never be seen again. Yep. Like, there's a lot of easy ways to, to do that, and they didn't. They, or, like, build him his own body and then kick him off the ship so that he That's could, what I like, mean, yeah. Like, send him off to the Delta Quadrant so that he's still alive out there somewhere, but we never see him again. Yeah. Put his but consciousness no. into a little metal box. Yeah, yep. go go send him to live with the clown. <laughs> hey, we got somebody else for you. Oh, who's here? Hi. Oh my god. Yep. Oh, Tuvix. <laughs> are you are you shipping Tuvix and the clown now? Yes. I'm not. They're shipping. my OTP. Okay. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're one Tuvix pairing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Tidro, what were you going to say? I forget. It's okay. About him going in with the clown. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be okay. fun. <laughs> Those guys would have a great time. Yes. Going to have a good time. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, like I said, I really liked it. Uh, that's it. I mean, yeah. That's all I got. What about you guys? Uh, yeah. I have one last note that says... That's two episodes in a row. Voyager has murdered sentient life forms. Way to go, future men. <laughs> yep. Now they're good at murdering. Yep. <laughs> I mean, last week they murdered the entire crew except for Harry and a baby. Yep. They also <laughs> murdered a baby. Yeah. And then and then in the other the other side, they murdered Harry and a baby. So literally everyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. They murdered that poor clown. Oh, no. Yes. That poor clown. <laughs> no, stop. Don't. <laughs> I don't know why no one is upset about this. He's just as much of a sentient life form as like Data. Yes, but he's an irritating one, so I'm glad he's dead. 
I, that not, seems to that seems to be the 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 the, the consensus. He's bad, so it's okay. Yep. No, he's he's not as much as Data. Maybe as much as Moriarty at best. I don't know. I think he had a he has like a better understanding of how human brains work. Yeah, which but he he doesn't makes him not, feel more human. He's not really all that self aware though. Also, they're not human. They're whatever stupid Delta Quadrant thing they were. Well, yes, yes, humanoid. Yeah. Hey, that's a good point. How come he looked like a human clown? He didn't. He had the dumb head thing too. Did he? I didn't. I, yeah. Maybe I didn't see it because of the makeup. How come no, alien he, circuses are just like covering. ours? But yeah, his hood is covering most of it. How come alien circuses are just like our circuses? Where do you think Cirque du Soleil came from? Are you saying Cirque du Soleil is from space? Yes, I am Soleil saying Soleil is space? I'm pretty sure Soleil is sun, right? Where is the sun? Yeah. In, oh, man. In space. You just blew my mind. <laughs> I am not Brandon Braga. No, thank no, goodness. No, for one thing, that. you're allowed on this show. Yeah, that's why we're asking you back once a season. <laughs> If we oh, had that on. guy Wouldn't on, would you love to have him on and just once. like yell at him? Yes, and and I would bring you, and I would bring all the regular guests, Flonk and Bob and Brian and Gav and Amanda, and we would all walk around him with baseball bats, beating him <laughs> mercilessly. So you were saying that, and I'm like, we we're all gonna walk around him, shaking our fingers at him. Oh, we would start with that, <laughs> and then I would read a list of the uh, of of grievances, <laughs> and it would end with us beating him to a pulp with baseball bats. Oh. I've had this dream once or twice. That's why Post-Atomic Horror is the most popular Star Trek podcast among people who worked on Star Trek. <laughs> one day, maybe we'll get one of them, but it won't or be. way better than that uh, Gene Jr. one. <laughs> Gene Jr. <laughs> the children call him Jiju. <laughs> Deidre, you got a quote for us. Um, I did. I have a quote that is just... Um, uh, Tuvok being the most Tuvok. The weather is certainly adequate for our purposes. See, this is this is what we do. We we leave a gap, and then we say that was a good quote, <laughs> and then I put it in later. You're pulling the curtain back. I am. I'm uncomfortable. And it looks exactly the same, only now there's not a curtain. <clears throat> oh no, my curtains! <laughs> this was this was definitely fun though, and and you definitely have stepped up in in a way that I knew that you would, and yes. now you have earned your plug. So please tell the people what you do and how to find it. Um, uh, one of the things I do when I am not doing a, a a work that I get paid for is I do um soap and I do little clay devil horns. Uh, the soap is generally pretty pop culture influenced. Right now, I do have some Star Trek soap up. I have like Scott Pilgrim soap. I have Twin Peaks soap, which is a big seller. Yay, Twin mm. Peaks. Yay. Uh, Yay. And also Little Devil Horns, which are but fantastic at Halloween. These mm. are all great, but let's not bury the lead. You do Star Trek soap. I do Star Trek soap. Okay. And how and do currently, people find currently, And currently the scents are um, engineering, um, security, medical, and um, stars. And Felix. <laughs> I don't have a Neelix scented soap. I don't know what that would smell like, and orchids. I don't want to try. I kind of oh, trying to think of what it would look like, though. Like that. Oh, it would just be really spotty and have hair sticking out of it. Yep. Ah. So tell the people how to buy these things. You can go to www.bunnybubbles.etsy.com. You know, we don't have to say the www part anymore. I think it's how you know it's a website. Grandma. Grandma. Yeah, it's how it's how people know that it's a worldwide website. Of course. 
the other day, uh, a longtime listener and friend of the show, Jason, asked if he want if I wanted payment via cash or money order, because <laughs> I guess I guess the Pony Express office was closed. <laughs> Telegram. We just fax you some money. Does that work? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the, this Confederate money won't spend anymore. So go ahead and send me a fax. <laughs> w http colon backslash backslash of course not front slash or it won't work oh it is a front or slash you, excuse me or you could just something search bunny bubbles and um you'll find me you mm-hmm. are the number one something search for bunny bubbles uh, i think i'm pretty close up there excellent now please please do that thing support her wonderful crafting and yes. you do lots of other th- related things as well but mm-hmm. those are the main things that you do and they are delightful Thank you. Are you going to tell the people how to find you on social media or not? Uh, if anyone wants to follow me on my Twitter, where I mostly talk about whatever TV show I'm watching um, at the time and Star Wars, mm. it is uh, at Tidro. Excellent. There's a lot of Star Wars. I'm at Tidro most places. So there's just a lot of Star Wars talk going on lately. Yeah, there's a lot. That's pretty standard for most of us right now. Which is a wonderful segue into, we teased this last week, uh, Matt and Amanda and I did sit down and talk about The Force Awakens. That is available uh, as the latest episode of my More Bits podcast. That's available at more-bits.com or on iTunes. Uh, coming up in, like, next week we have one more pair of episodes and then season two is over. So we'll be doing our uh, uh, supplemental episode. If you want to write to us, it is postatomichorror at gmail. And that's all for this week. Yep. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2016. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this. <laughs>